a listener production. Hi, I'm Elle Ferguson and this is Sliding Doors, where I chat with inspirational people from the world of fashion and beauty about their sliding door moment. That is, the moment they took a chance or made a life change that led them to where they are now at the top of their game. Having founded my own fashion and beauty brand, The Elle Effect, I know that succeeding in these industries isn't easy. So I'm inviting the people I admire most on the podcast to share their stories, insights, and tips for turning your passion into a career. I can't believe I've seen you. I know, it's been a little while, actually. How was Byron? It was so good. I'm so jealous. The weather was just beautiful. On this episode, I talked to the incredible Max May, who is one of Australia's leading hair and makeup artists. Max has worked on the covers of magazines including Harper's Bazaar, Elle, Grazia, Oyster, Rush, and celebrities such as Sarah Murdoch, Kate Bosworth, Jackie O, and yours truly, Elle Ferguson. Yeah, I did some content and I did a little shoot while I was there. Yes, I want to take you back to Byron and make some magic. Gonna go back in three weeks. Let's go up. He has an amazing beauty blog called Max Made, as well as a new masterclass, and he also happens to be one of my best friends. He's now using his platform to educate others on how to be the best that they can and how to break into the industry. I'm so excited to do this with you. I am very excited to be here. I first met Max many years ago at a magazine party where I thought he was the coolest dude in the room. From there, I used to pull out any article that he would ever be featured in in any magazine. And then I was lucky enough to book one of my first jobs with him where I was the talent and he was the amazing makeup artist. And I'd like to say it was love at first sight because we've been friends ever since. (laughs) Max, welcome to Sliding Doors, the podcast. Yay, thank you for having me. So first up, thank you for being here. And secondly, I was inundated with people saying to me, please get Max on the podcast. So you're here. Well, that's cute. It's so cute. But it was so funny. I was like, he's coming, he's coming. So before we get into the questions, I have a thing called the fast five. Mm -hmm. Now, the rule is you can't think about it too much because the quicker you answer the question, the more honest I find people are. Sure. So first up, Friends or Seinfeld? Oh, definitely Seinfeld. Okay. What's one thing that's always in your fridge? Um, Not a lot. <laughs> I love that. If there was one thing, what is Collagen, it? Collagen, my gut uh, health, water. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> that's, no that's food, just supplements. No food, really. No. Okay, what was the last song you listened to? Oh, gosh. I think it's called Salt. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an electro song um, and artist that I'm really into at the moment. Again, learning more about you yes. every day. Uh, would you rather give up social media or eat the same dinner for the rest of your life? Oh, I'd give up social media for sure. I feel like I'm the only person that would say they'd eat the same meal for the rest of their lives. <laughs> it says I probably could because I do eat a very, very simple <laughs> menu of food. It is very repetitive. Okay, what's the last photo on your phone? All right, let's take a look. It's not a photo, I don't think. It's a meme. And it is. Um, the meme says, anyone else have daily urges to write, no one gives a fuck on other people's statuses. <laughs> I, I thought like well, that'd be a cute to- little one to throw into my stories. I feel like you need to be that man that holds the um, cardboard above his head and do that. 
<laughs> uh, okay, so Max, everybody knows you as the amazing Max Maid, the celebrity makeup artist. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the looks that you've done are iconic. You're somebody that I stalked before I met. I had teared out every kind of makeup look you've done. Mm-hmm. I used to hit you up on Instagram about what bronzer I should wear. Yes. But a lot of people don't know where it started for you. And your story is quite unique. So I kind of just want to hear where did your journey start? I mean, the very beginning, I had no intention of being a hair or makeup artist. Definitely not. I was into photography. I'd done a, a fiberglass apprenticeship, so I was cutting surfboards. I was doing a bit of modeling at the time, and I started cutting some friends' hair. Uh, this era was very uh, Tony and Guy. Everyone was getting super texturized hair. And we wanted kind of like that more like late 90s, Kate Moss, androgynous kind of 70s vibe. So I had an aunt that was a hairdresser and um, she gave me um, some scissors and a razor and I think a comb and a really old neck clipper. And um, I basically just started copying pictures that I found on Pinterest um, of old 70s cuts for my friends. And it kind of just started from there. I got some notice with hairdressers that were doing similar to what I'm doing now that also owned salons. Yep. We're questioning my friends and myself to where I'd got this haircut from and, and she kind of started on me to 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 want to come and work with her. I mean, at the time, I couldn't think of anything worse than working in a hair salon, washing hair and listening to rich women talk about how hard their <laughs> life is, renovating their bathroom, you know? Like, that was the last thing that was on my mind at that time, I wanted to travel and I wanted to see things and experience and feel and, you know. Yeah. So I put it off for a while. I went away traveling and and gallivanting around the world and I guess I came back and I was a bit broke <laughs> and I literally broke and, yeah, I started. But it started really quickly. Like I went from thinking, oh, this is going to be a nightmare into, wow, this is actually really cool. And yeah. I guess it was because of the person that I was working with and the way they worked. They were working on set as well as in the salon. So I was getting a really good mix. And still just doing hair at this stage. Still doing hair at this stage, yeah. I can draw and I can paint. I have a very creative mother on that level who can just put her mind to anything and do it creatively. So I had that kind of know-how and I did like to sketch and draw a lot. And being on set, I was obviously watching the makeup artists and – there started that whole passion or or look into makeup that I guess I really hadn't looked before. Yeah. I really just loved the way that it worked. I loved the way that you could manipulate someone's face in front of the camera to become something else. And I also just really loved the way that the person would feel as they watch themselves in the mirror. And they would do it with hair as well because obviously, you know, it really yeah, influences you your personality. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right? And that was definitely something that was getting my attention other than the photograph side of things was that kind of emotive behind it. Yeah. And then it just kind of went from there, I guess. But did you just pick a brush up? Like how did the makeup happen? Well, there was a makeup artist who I'm still really super close with now. She lives in LA. Her name's Natasha. Um, We became really good friends um, and she helped me a lot back then getting into uh, assisting positions. But ultimately what she did was to help me with what products were what. 
I mean, I'd never really, I didn't know what really things were. I mean, basic things. And, you know, you'd buy black pencils and and crayons or you'd buy face paint or you'd buy red lips or, you know, you'd do yourself like a little whatever you were doing at the time. (laughs) Lots of eyeliner and stuff I used to get into. <laughs> a yeah. lot of eyeliner, a bit of body glitter. <laughs> a bit of goth I was kind of into. <laughs> but mostly that kind of like 70s, 80s rock thing yep. was my thing. You know, I had that big 70s hair. and So, yeah, she started teaching me about product and uh, what everything was and the layering of it, I guess. And she's really meticulous um, with her knowledge of product and with the way that she lays things down. She's very methodical on that level which is kind of interesting because I'm a real kind of smear and go kind of guy. Yeah, I will change the colours sometimes two or three times without people even knowing just because I want it to kind of finish different. And you're very hands-on. You're very hands-on. Yeah. And I think that training really kind of taught me about product and what it was and how it worked. So I have that in the back of my mind, but I just guess I layer it different to her. So at what point of working with that like mentor, did you realize that you had this flair for this career or it was going to turn into a career or like when did the light bulb moment kind of happen? I mean, I knew I had an eye for hair because I just started cutting my friend's hair. Like I remember one night, probably one o'clock in the morning, we were going to a club and I literally got my clippers out on my girlfriend and I cut her like a 70s wedge bob and she had long hair like yours. Yeah. And I cut it just straight on with the clippers, so right around the face and down the side and all kind of tucked under the ears and we we rolled it on. So it was like a bowl on someone's head, you know. And I did it just with clippers and I remember at the end of it I thought, shit, you're okay at this. But not really kind of like, yeah, cool, I'm amazing. And then obviously because people were seeing what I was doing, people would start questioning. And, you know, the woman who I was working with, the hairdresser, she was like, you know, you've got a really great natural eye. Yeah. So I knew I had a natural eye for shape. I knew that I could draw. I mean, was there a real moment where I thought, yep, you know, you're, you're really great at this? No, I think that I still even question what I do every day and I look at it for the errors or the holes or the mm-hmm. mistakes, mm-hmm. not always mm-hmm. for the good Positive, bits. Because yeah. I think as a creative, you tend to do that. But I, I knew that I had a certain taste. And earlier in the beginning, I just used to re- remind myself every time I'd start a job that you can do this, just believe in yourself and trust that voice that tells you which to pick up. Don't doubt it and second guess it because you saw someone else yeah. do something. So I don't know if there was that, you know, penny drop moment. But was there a moment when you, I mean, we've all got to make money, mm. their jobs at the end of the day. Was there mm. a time where you said to yourself, this could be my meal ticket? Like, this is paying my bills. I'm going to further this and grow this. And do you know what I mean? Because yeah. there's a difference between working in a salon as mm. an apprentice than mm-hmm. actually you being the freelance artist that you are today. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, what was that journey like? Because it's scary when you got to go yeah. out by yourself. Well, I guess because I never went to to a school or a university or an art college to learn what I know. I learned it on the job and through assisting and through watching artists that were very well established and knew their shit. Yeah. Um, and I did, was very, very lucky to assist some amazing, amazing artists here and overseas that are some of the best in the world. 
So I had that behind me, even though I didn't have the the college degree yep. or whatever that most, you know, yeah. jobs or, or, or have. It's funny. Can I just say this? When I spoke to Jackie Frank the other week, yes. I got to the end of the interview yes. and I said, and what, what degree did you do at university? Yes, she was like, I I've never studied. Yeah, I was really shocked. I thought that she shocked. would have because she's, yeah, she's so, so articulate, like, articulate, so exactly, yeah. And, and I kind of loved it though. Huge position. Huge, yes. but I kind of loved it. So you saying that doesn't shock me because I think you're incredible at what you do, but I don't think you necessarily need a piece of paper no. to justify it. Totally, but I think with something creative, like it's really hard to be like, this was the moment or this is the moment that I thought that I had it because one moment I think I have it and then the next I think I don't. Yeah. And for me, and I think for anyone creative, you're only as good as your last job. Yes. So if the last job was great, I was on top of the world. But I guess the moment that I broke in and started actually working yeah, you know, it was my first cover, and it was my it was a it was a double cover actually, um, and we ended up getting I think like twelve or four no I think it might have been fourteen or sixteen pages. Wow, and uh, I got an agent off that. Okay, great. And I'd only been assisting for a year, wow. maybe a year and a half, so it was still very early on. And this was for makeup and hair. This was for makeup and hair. Yeah, I did both for this shoot. Um, it was with a French photographer called Naja Bernhardt. And uh, we got a double cover, so it was a fold-out. Wow. And it was a portrait series of, like, super interesting kooky models. So every page was a different model, and every model had a different look. Very simple, really clean, bit kooky, like that kind of oyster vibe. You know, yep. it'd be like a neon green liquid liner. And the next one would be a really beautiful bold lip and glassy eyes. And the next one would be a smoky black kind of 70s eye. So a lot was super to show cool. your talent. Yeah. yeah. And she shot it all on film, wow. so I couldn't see anything that we were – shooting and um yeah magazine took it on took on the 14 16 pages and got double cover got an agent and started working and i mean really everything job from then on it was the first time i'd done what they were asking me to do because i'd only been assisting for a year and a half and for so people it was pretty listening, full on it was pretty daunting so you didn't even have a really have a portfolio no i was just assisting there was no not a lot of book i'd done a couple of Tests through the salon. Yeah. I'm um, like hair tests. Yeah. You know, yep. so like, yep. you know, you got to do a curl tongue yeah. or you got to yeah. do a straight iron or whatever. <laughs> so it was very simple. But basically, from that magazine shoot, I got an agent and that's where it started. And I basically just every day would forge my way through and say, yeah, I've done that before. I can do that. Even I though love that about In my you. head, I was thinking at the time, oh my God. Yeah, but I love that. And was You've never done this. <laughs> How are you going to do this? It's, that's your internal voice. We have yes. that internal monologue going on quite often. You've just got to like turn the volume down on that voice. Who was your supporter through this, and who was your cheerleader? Did you have yeah. somebody in your life that was kind of going, "You can do this"? I mean, I had Natasha who was helping me with the products, yeah, and helping me with learning the craft. And there were people in the salon, but not really. I didn't really have that close network of support. My family from the country, I mean, they didn't really, you know, they just wanted me to get a job yep. at that time. I mean, they understand now and they see what's yeah. happening now, but at the time they just wanted me. So not really. And I guess that's probably why I am so nurturing and I share so much of my information, not only just with my assistants now, but just as a oh, whole across yeah. my platforms because it was – a lot more difficult then. Like the the internet was not a thing, you know, like 
It, it sounded like a, it was like a dial-up. <laughs> like, I'm telling you how old I am now. but No. So it wasn't like, you know, you could reach out to people on the internet and be like, hey, can you help me like now? Yes. I mean, I constantly see you sharing your art and your yeah. technique. And I think it's been amazing. I mean, I've known you now for what feels like a lifetime. But I remember at the beginning you probably were a bit more protective, you know what I mean, of your sure. of your craft. Everybody was. 100%. Everybody was. But they still are. But but I find with you, it's so refreshing to see somebody be so confident to be able to share their craft For sure. with other people so that they can learn. Exactly. And unless you were assisting someone, they were not going to give up that information. I mean, I was so lucky to find Natasha and for her to be so giving and, yeah. and really open up for me and, sh- and show me all of that. And I mean, she's still one of my dearest friends now. But at the time, no, I didn't really have that. And I, I, like I said, I guess that's probably why I am the way I am now. And I really want to share and because I know how hard yeah. it is when you're on your own. Like literally I would be on the job and they would show me a reference and I would think in my head, okay, how are you going to do this? Let's start from the beginning. Like, and I would break it down and I would be in my head. The dialogue would be going a zillion miles an hour Everyone on this set thinks that I can do this and I've done this before and I think I can do it, but I've never done it. No. So. But I feel like there's something quite amazing about that. Yeah, for To sure. have that belief. For to sure. Ha- it, like there's one thing to believe in yourself, but then there's another thing to actually break it down and go, I'm going to do it. And then also stand in a room because often the makeup artist on set, you've almost got to persuade everybody else in the room of what you're doing. kind of, I feel like sure. you've got to get them to believe in you. 100%. With that said, I think where we sit now, a lot of the jobs that are in our world never existed like 20 years ago, right? And even the way you book a job to you yes. having an audience. I mean, when you started, Max, me, the makeup artist, wouldn't have wanted an audience or had a number next to their name or, you know what I mean, no. any of that. It's such a different way to look at things. Yes. You probably get booked on a lot of jobs because people look at your social media. Like that is your calling mm. card. That's your portfolio to a certain extent. Yes. How have you shifted your business, which is Max May, mm-hmm. which I mean, I know the masterclass and your blog, which mm. evolved to what it is now. How did you kind of get wind of what was happening and go, I need to transition and almost become the brand that yeah. is Max May? Uh, I think the first time I noticed it was Kevin Aquan, who's a really mm-hmm. super famous makeup artist. And I remember watching him on Oprah. Yep. I think I remember um, the episode. Yeah. I bought the book. And I, at that stage, it was never even a thought. Like, you're a makeup artist. You're behind the scenes. And I was really happy behind the scenes. Like, like I loved it back there. It was like access to whoever, yeah. whatever, seeing the real stories mm-hmm. unfold. And I had never, ever thought once that I would be in front or until that moment and I saw him on Oprah and Oprah was talking to him about all the looks and how he like fully changes everybody. Yeah. And I remember looking at him and thinking, wow, you're like my idol because you're like the way you do makeup and the way that you see things and yeah. envision things, but just the way that he kind of like executed it. And then to the way that he sat there and talked to Oprah about creating this thing, I was like, wow, this is like a moment. Things are changing. Like suddenly he's, yeah, this is a makeup artist that's famous. Like he's famous. Yes. He's on Oprah. Yes. So I guess that was probably the first time that I ever even thought about that. And then I guess 
it never really became a craze like social media. Mm-hmm. He was just who he was, yeah. right? He was the greatest makeup artist in the world. And a few other makeup artists came up and a few other hairstylists kind of came up. But nothing as big as him no. ever, I think, until really social media kind of took off. But then I guess it kind of happened, right? Like yeah. Social media took off and then suddenly we started getting put in, into the forefront. And I guess I just saw it early and I was working with girls that were seeing it early and coming yep. early and were promoting me in a sense. But I feel like it was very was, organic. No, yeah, I feel like it was a very organic. Totally. Because I feel like you almost became the inverted commas celebrity because you were making this magic. Do you know what I mean? And you became the identity. And It was the relationship, I yeah. think, that I have with you girls that I think people are really like, I think it's the first thing that they kind of see. They're kind of like, oh, wow, look at this guy. Like, look at this relationship he has with this girl. Like, you know, and then it kind of builds from there. Maybe it, like, you know, they obviously love makeup and the way that I make them look. That's so then they sure. start taking a little bit of an interest. But I feel like back then it was the relationship. Yes. That I would have with these different girls that people were fascinated with. They were like, wow, why do all these girls love this guy so much? I feel like it. Yeah, no, like, I'm, you know, I'm like nodding. Jessica Simpson, like, and her makeup yes. artists were quite famous and Paris and hers. And then, you know, I got to do Paris and then, you know, it kind of like. Yeah, it, it was a relationship because you started to see, I mean, even with Kim, with Mario, yes. you know what I mean? Back at the beginning, you saw these relationships form. But I guess from you, was there a light bulb moment that you kind of were like, my brand is being born. I am a brand. I mean, I got a little bit of a talking to by Lara Worthington. And she was like, you need to start using your social media properly. And I was like, properly? I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, it's no longer us keeping in contact because, you know, I was friends yeah. with her and friends with all these other girls. And we were just, you know, putting our photos up and like it was in like a little Polaroid photo. Remember when we used yeah. to do those weird I think I've got one of them screenshot from yeah. you at the Melbourne Cup. Totally. And <laughs> I was kind of like, people would come onto my Instagram and I'd be like, no, block and delete. Like yeah. I was like not interested. And she yeah. was like, you need to start using your social media properly. You need to start photographing your work. And then... I started to do that and then I remember I was away in Paris and another girl said to me, she wrote on my photo, where's, because I cut myself out, it was just my hand, and she was like, where's you? We want to see more of you. And then I was kind of like, that's weird. But it just stayed with me and kind of kept ringing in my ear. So I guess maybe they were. At the time, I was kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, they're just being cute about it or or whatever. But I guess it did no, keep ringing in my did. head because, yeah, I remember now. And I think it's quite amazing because I do think, you know, there's such a drive with, like, the YouTube makeup and, and Instagram makeup and things like that. But your brand has always stayed very true to who you are. I mean... I feel like you can spot your style from a mile away, like you can identify that it's you. And I guess what's been amazing is to see how you've navigated your way through all of that noise, you know what I mean? And just recently you've launched the masterclass and I guess like why now? You know what I mean? Like why are you telling your secrets now? Like why are you sharing that now? Because I think it's always in your industry it was like certain ways people do things was like their tools and Mm -hmm. they kept them to themselves. Why have you chosen now to share it? I think I've always shared it, but I've never done it solely for myself. And this Mm -hmm. is the first time I've done it for myself. I've always done it for brands. And also as well, I was having the opportunity to share 
my knowledge and information with really great brands like David Jones and Westfield and Sephora and Mecca and, and, and then cosmetic brands that I was kind of like, this is great. Yeah. Because it, it's like, A, I love all of these brands. I love, you know, Mark Jacobs and Nude by Nature and Bondi Boost and all of these brands. And I'm getting to work with them and build my knowledge, build my know-how, work out what I want to do, and then I'm going to do something right. Yes. I just didn't want to come out like everyone else was doing and going, recreate the Max May look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who cares? But you're teaching. It's not enough, you know? No. So I wanted to do something that was original. And I guess it's just taking me a while to work out how I was going to do that, but still make it cool. Yeah, I'm I'm achievable, for it. like always. Yeah. And then... Within time, I saw it as a way to kind of, you know, propel my career and to show my my artwork and to access people that I wanted to work with or that inspired me that I wanted to to watch in their art. And then and then girls just started asking me questions and I was kind of like, oh, do I tell them that or do I keep it? Because obviously I'd come from an era where yeah. it was like, you know, you just didn't give out that information. And I thought, no, you know what? Like it was so hard for me to break in. It was so hard for me to learn stuff. I didn't have that network here in Sydney because I wasn't from here. And then when I moved overseas, I wasn't from there. So I was constantly struggling. And I thought, no, just give it to them. Like, what does it matter anyway? Like, even if they know what you use and how you you did it, they're not going to be able to do that because they're not you. So really, it doesn't matter. I know, but it seems to take some people a very long time to realize that. Totally. Yeah, it does. There are people that are like that. But but I'd rather not look at them or even think about them because that's just not my... Not me as a person. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to give them this information. So I started giving them. And um, it kind of took off. And, you know, when I look back, I started a lot of enemies Mm -hmm. of people within the industry by doing that. With sharing the With sharing the information because they were like, these are industry Secrets. Secrets. And, you know, we assisted for years to get this and we've worked for years to get this. And I was like, yeah, well, we did. And I did. But also, like... Times are changing. Times are changing. But also, like, I just don't see that as being an answer to giving someone some information or knowledge or helping someone better, you know, their hair and makeup and ultimately how they're going to feel. Like, these were just girls. They were not, like, other artists. And even if they were, like, does it matter? Like, I mean, I was comfortable with my art and my style. I I had a style. So, and I was working. I just couldn't see that it was going to affect me. But a lot of people did. And I ruffled a lot of feathers. Yeah. And it is such a tight community. Yeah. It is such a tight, small. It's and very tight. small, and especially yeah. you know, cutthroat. As well. <laughs> we like to say that we've. It's, it, we like to say it's a little different now. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Oh, different. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. People. It's completely changed. It's a completely different landscape now to what it was then, and people are more open um, to it. Was there that moment, that sliding doors moment in your mm. career? that you were kind of like, I could have gone that way, but I went this way and this is where I am now. Yeah, well, I think the sliding door moment for me was, was probably the digital movement and starting my my blog and starting to work more with brands on their products and their digital campaigns and, and the way that they were educating 
the people that were buying it and also their staff as well. That was probably the moment within this that, yeah, I could have just kept going as a makeup artist and going to work every day and, you know, doing hair and makeup on set, which I still love and I yeah. still do, but it would have just fundamentally been that. Um, but I branched over into that digital and started educating people and, you know, sharing with what I was using and how I was using it and doing product reviews. Um, and it just really opened up a different side of my career that I'd never really could have, would have imagined happening when I first started. Could not have even imagined that was the last thing that I saw myself where I would have been because there was none of that. It just didn't exist. When I started my, you know, the pinnacle would be like, you know, shooting covers and working with the best models and doing the shows and like. Which you did. Which I've done. Yeah. Yeah, sure, for sure. And I still do. And I still get a kick out of it. I still absolutely love that, but that door, that that sliding moment, that change of path was going into the digital world and giving it a go. Your website when it mm-hmm. first started was phenomenal. You know, I mean, I remember screenshotting so many images from yours. Mm. So many of those shoots that you were doing on just that site for you became so iconic and mm-hmm. they would be repinned, people would reblog them, Mm -hmm. they were everywhere, you know what I mean? And I guess when I started traveling, people would say your name from that website and you still use it today. Yeah, I still use it today. It's still a point of inspiration, you know what I mean? It is your, essentially it's a portfolio of your work. I just think it's interesting because so many of, I feel like they fell off these websites, but yours continues to reinvent itself. Times has changed, definitely. It's not as focused on my website. People are kind of wanting things a little bit faster and more bites Mm -hmm. um, rather than full articles on things. I feel like the reels that you've been doing are amazing. I have shortened a lot of it and I've just had to kind of reformat it a lot. But yeah, it's still, still goes. <laughs> Can I ask about the reels? Because it's something that popped up and I feel like you, again, reinvented the way that you kind of were educating your audience. Mm. Did you see something in your landscape go, people want to see this? Or you were just like, I'm doing it myself. I'm calling up some girls. I'm doing it. Because I find it so amazing and it's so refreshing. Mm. And I mean, I'm like your biggest fan, but I watch them over and over again because yes. I love them. And obviously other people do because I yeah. can see other people reposting and talking about it. Was that something that you just did yourself or somebody said it to you? I mean, people were doing them. I definitely was not the first to start doing the reels, that's for sure. But I had been thinking in my head that it need, everything needed to be shorter and faster and um, and I was shortening everything on the website and everything that I was handing out to magazines or to other websites with articles that I was writing or information I was giving was a lot tighter and smaller. And uh, the reels just like really made sense to me because, you know, you can, if you do them right with the right part of the song, the reel does just keep going and going and going. And that is obviously the key to doing it. And then I do find that they repost really well. They hook people in really well. And I, people comment a lot on them, which is really great for me to start conversations with. And it's just helped me change my format and how I give out the information as well. So it's kind of built a more interactive community for me than just posting pictures that everyone was liking. Sure, it was great. The conversation was The conversation, yeah. Conversation is great. And now I'm able to kind of give people bites of information and and know-how of how to use certain things super quickly. 
I love that. It's a, it's a more user-friendly... Well, you're engaged. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's what you want. You want totally. your community to be engaged because essentially that's how you stay relevant. Yes. You know what I mean? 100%. But can I ask, because, I mean, you're probably one of the most confident people that I know and I adore that about you. I know your stories and traveling and everything mm. like that. Was there a time that you fell down and you had to get up again or the, your confidence went... Because I think sometimes when we kind of portray our lives, it all looks amazing. You yes. know what I mean? You Google your name and the lists of stars that you do mm-hmm. is endless. I mean, when you did Kate Bosworth, I was like, yes. Daryl Hannah. Like, I think what makes you even more amazing is the times you've failed or you've gone for something and you haven't got it mm-hmm. or the doors shut in front of your face or, you know, you didn't get what you thought you wanted. But then that actually led to something even cooler. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's so hard for me to say because there are so many times. I feel like ev- with what I do every day, there's a bit of a knock. Yeah. Because there's no, I don't go to a set job. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I build set clients and stuff, but every day is 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 a bit of a challenge, particularly if it's a new client. Yeah. So every day I have to sell myself. It's like the first day of work every day of your life. Yeah. So I think for me, generally, it's just the day-to-day and keeping my momentum and my positivity in my head with the little struggles that I have that are the ones that affect me the most, if that makes sense. Yeah. There have been times where, you know, like, I mean, maybe my second Vogue cover, like, you know, the fashion editor at the time was like, I hate that makeup and I wiped it off. But I don't know, it doesn't affect me the same as like the little day-to-day things of like dealing with a new client, you know, building that rapport with them and working out in my head what they love out of the references that they've given me and what they love about me and how I can bring that together to create something that they're going to love. Yeah. And then getting that full oh, I love that, Max, you know, feeling from them yeah, to the, oh, yeah, it looks great. Like they're probably the things that affect me more. No, I get that. But I also think like the growth, like your career span, you know what I mean? Yeah. To be able to sit there and say that's the thing that bothers me now is quite amazing to be at that part because I can imagine, you know, like a 20, 25-year-old, you'd be wiping the makeup off and just going again, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not actually diving in and kind of going okay, let's look at your references. Like, let's work through the process. Let's tell me what you, you know, like, I think it's a different thing. And I guess thinking about you, I know you were in New York, you spent time in Paris, like things like that. Like how, Mm -hmm. how at that point, because I feel like you're at the top of your game. You're amazing. You know what I mean? So how did that, that 25 year old get told like, no, that's not good enough. And you keep going like yeah. you're still hungry for it you know like how does I guess that happen? that was the thing I just had a hunger for it once I got a taste for it and once I saw that I was actually really good at it I was not making it up I mean in the beginning I was definitely making it up <laughs> because I was doing things that I'd never done before and convincing people that I could do it yeah. definitely but I guess in my head I knew that I could do it and I knew that I could create whatever anyone needed me to create. And that was probably the thing that got me through as I was like... And you believed in yourself. I actually believe that I can do this um, and that I am the right person for this. And I guess that is what powered me through. And also just being really young and (laughs) arrogant, (laughs) super confident and like, just like, you know, I was like, I'm made for this. This is my life. This is what I've been looking for. I can do this. Like I would create things that I'd never done before. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, could you do this? And I, in my head, I'd think, 
oh, I've never done that before. Don't know if I can do that. And I just look at it and I'd break it down in my head, like how I was going to start the hair, how I was going to start the makeup, where I would go next, what colors I'd use. And I'd be like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. I knew in my head I could do it. I wanted to ask this because often when I'm the talent, I get one 3.30 a.m. call mm. a month maybe. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? For that sunrise shoot that we all love, <laughs> especially in winter. Yes. But the other day, I was looking at your Instagram stories and you had a week yes. of like 4 a.m. Yeah. get-ups. What makes you get up? Oh, God. A lot of coffee. But like honestly. I'm really good at getting up in the morning. I'm a good yeah. I'm a morning person. Yeah. I can get up in the morning. But like, and I there can is go. is there a part where you kind of go, this is really hard. Yeah, it is. But I guess the drive for me is the passion for my job and for my art. I do love doing hair and makeup. Yeah. I do love the the results that I create. I love the way that I make people feel, and I really love imagery as well. So, you know, for me, it's, I guess it's a little bit of a drug in the sense that it just keeps me going yeah. and it keeps me driving forward for it. And the passion to be better and to execute things better and sharp, more sharp or more beautiful or, you know, whatever it is that I'm into at the time is, is what keeps propelling me to get up at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and keep going, maybe I'm an idiot. No, no, no. I just, it was funny. It was actually, I looked at it. I was like, I complain about the one day oh. and you'd had five. And I, I genuinely wanted to ask you that question mm. because you got to love what you do to do it. You For know? sure. You can't do anything that's creative that you don't love. I mean, you know that, you understand that. What you're creating with your products or what you create on your Instagram or what you create with brands is creative. And if you don't love it, the result is not going to be as amazing as what you do. And that's what's going to keep people coming back. Oh, 100%. And with saying that, for somebody that wants to go it on their own or start their career, what are your tips for achieving success? If you really love doing makeup or doing hair, that is what will define you making it within this industry because it is tough and there is no path. But that passion, if it's truly there, it will drive you no matter what. And you'll do what you have to do and you'll get up at whatever time you have to. And it's what will get you there in the end. Nothing more, nothing less. It's so true. Yeah. It's scary, but it's true. Yeah. I think like, uh, you know, you've got to have a talent. You've got to have, a, have, have an eye for creative and people, you know, always question that with me. But I think most, when I look at my career, it's it's my personality and, and being likable, but it's that drive. And the professionalism. going into the unknown, even though you don't know where you're going and how this is actually playing out at the time. It's just that drive to get you up and, and keep you going. And you really work out whether you love it or not within yeah, the first few months because you'll be like, whoa. I feel like it's very early on you realize yeah. that. You're like, am I getting in the cold water at 3 a.m.? Totally. I am because yes. I love it. Completely, yeah. And it's not even a question. You just do it. You get into it. I have to say, no. I just have to share this one thing with everybody that's listening, and this is how much you love it. I remember being in New York with you mm-hmm. in a blizzard. Yes. It was minus degrees. You'd been standing for, I think, 18 hours straight. Yes. And then they gave us a dinner break. And in your dinner break, you went and got a cortisone shot in your back so yes. you could stand up for another day for the, uh, for the shoot that we were doing. Yeah. You didn't complain once. No. I just knew that I had to get through it. The client had flown me there. I had bookings and shows and shoots with you. 
and I could barely move. And I just thought I have to go to the hospital. I've lived in New York before, so I know what's going on. <laughs> so I just knew that I had to go to the hospital and just pay for it and get it done and go home, sleep and wake up at four o'clock this morning and just go again. But you yeah. did it. But yeah, you, totally. But, but you loved it. Like for I sure. remember being in the van with you and doing the hair and you were so into the hair and you were yeah. so committed to have the best possible hair on the screen. For sure. That that was it. Well, I'd come all that way and I had all those people there relying on I me. Know, the whole team a, had flown for me. I was the hair director. So it was like it I couldn't. it takes a certain person. Couldn't let people down. Yeah, maybe. I it don't does. know. Yeah, for me it's just That's who you what are. I had to do. That's yeah. what I will do for the job. I love what I do and it's worth it. I feel like I'm playing over in my head numerous awkward situations I put you in. I'm like, I remember when we had to get in the water at 4 a.m. You were the only person that got in the water with me and it was freezing cold. I feel like I've been a real big part in some of those situations. Totally. Well, I could see the shot in that situation and the water was crystal blue and clear and you could see the sand as clear as day. And it was icy cold, but I just knew that, I mean, it was your first cover shoot and I just knew knew that we had to make this as best as we possibly could. And this water shot would just really seal the editorial and bring it together and and make you stand up against some of the most iconic girls in the country in that magazine. And but see, that's the uh, we got the shot. You. So yeah, it looked amazing. And obviously, I had to keep a uh, keep moving the hair <laughs> because it was windy or whatever hell was going on. But boy, did we get that shot. We got and it. It was worth it. Yeah, but you're invested yeah, in it. Yeah, we'll have that shot forever and we that were... memory forever. True. What's next, my friend? Well, I just did the masterclass, which I launched, as you know, in... I also um, appeared in the masterclass, guys. I did skin. Elle was my opening girl, (laughs) of course, obviously. I mean, that was a given. Uh, I just prayed for a good skin day that day. (laughs) I'm just saying. I prayed to whoever is upstairs. I was like, please give me a good skin day. day. I know, because it's like fine for the photos, but the video, it's really hard to deal with. It's really confronting. But we had a great day, and I'm so happy with the way that it turned out. I really... Threw myself in the deep end with it. Sculpt and define masterclass. It's all broken down into categories of features on the face. And I show you how to sculpt and define each of those. And it's for everybody from beginner to expert. And it's, yeah, exactly. From beginner to expert. But it also covers like all the face shapes. Not all, but a good percentage of the face shapes, skin tones, eye colors, skin types, everything. And so I'm showing you how to basically... Emphasize those areas to their best, depending on the shape or depending on the color. Or so there's so many facets. So yeah. it was really hard for me. Not hard, but it was a lot of work for me to to get all of that information into this class. So it's super, super extensive. Girls can watch it anytime they want. They can take one area at a time um, and really master that, and then move on to the next. And do it they was find that on your so website? Well. Yeah, so you can get it. You can go click onto the link from my um, website or on my Instagram, um, or you can just go straight to the website and uh, register. I love that you started being taught by somebody. You know what I mean? That was so layered mm. with the products and and just so technical and I love that you are a creative but then somehow you've ended up being the teacher do you know what I mean and I think it's such a beautiful narrative of your Mm -hmm. story and I I think it's a credit to you because every time I work with you you always have somebody a junior if Mm. if, if that's what we're going to call them learning from you an assistant like that and every single time I'm with you you take the time to 
show that person how to do it. You know what I mean? And educate. They're not just assisting you. They're actually learning. And I think it's really amazing to to be able for you to be in that position to pass that knowledge on, which is really nice. It takes me a while to get really great assistance. And I, I, I am very kind of pedantic about who and... And then when I take them on, because I know that I do give a lot of information and I want someone that represents me and that, you know, is here for the art and is a really great person. So when I take them on, I really take them on. Yeah. I think I give them as much information as I possibly can. I'm pretty fair. I'm pretty tough as well because I I was, you know, people were pretty tough with me, the people that I assisted. There was no bullshit. So, and I believe that that is what has built the base of my business and who I am and how I conduct myself. So I think it's it's a really important part. But I love sharing. I loved, you know, filling in people what I've learned and what I know. There's I like literally still use the NAS Laguna bronzer oh that God. you suggested we to me. To get you onto a new maybe one. six years ago <laughs> when I hit you up in your DMs and I was like, Are you suggesting bronzers? Do you think this one would suit me? Legit, Legit. I still use it. So yeah. quite it's, shimmery, that one, it isn't is. it? Can't you, can't you see me glowing while. under these lights? No, I, Max, I know I hit you up weekly on what I need to buy in my cosmetic bag, but for anybody listening, three things that we need. Uh, Hyaluronic serum. Okay. Hydrates the skin, makes it super plump. It's instant. It's like a glass of water for the skin. It's my essential when doing makeup. Just makes skin really plump, makes the foundation go down beautifully. Um, The other would probably be a brow soap. I just love the shapes that you can create with your brows. It opens up the eyes. It's like a mini lift for the eye. And the last one would be blush. I just love blush. It is literally the unsung hero of makeup. It will disguise dark circles. It will brighten your complexion, make you look more youthful, bright, awake. The deal. You taught me that. You taught me about the blush. Yeah. I love peaches and pinks. And I like playing with different textures or layering. So using a powder and then layering it with a cream. So you get a really beautiful layered blush effect on the skin. Nobody can not wear blush. Everybody can wear it. Love that. Max, I am so thankful that you came into my life. You and Um, I have had some incredible moments together. We have had some great trips. Every cover I've done, I've done with you. Yes. But... I think it's so nice to be able to sit down with you and actually share this part of you and have people hear this side of you because I think sometimes people can just look at these phenomenal images that you create or the girls that you're doing Mm -hmm. and just this persona that is Max May. But actually getting to talk to you and hear this story is so amazing and I'm so glad you got to share it with us and have you here with me. Beautiful. Thank you. Sliding Doors is hosted by me, Elle Ferguson, producer Tina Matalov, audio production by Darcy Thompson, executive producer Jennifer Goggin, and a special thanks to my manager, Camille Toulouse, for always being a fresh pair of ears on each episode. Listener.